Father, we give you praise and thanks this morning. Thank you, Jesus, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit that's here with us this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your children, the body of Christ. We just give you praise and thanksgiving, O oh Lord, that the life that you, for the life that, of yourself that you have placed inside of us, that we might have your heart, O oh God, that we might, even as we navigate this earth and the time that you've given us here, that we might focus on the right things. Yes, we might expend our time and energy and our resources that you have blessed us with to accomplish those things that you have placed inside of us, the vision that you have given us, given us collectively, individual visions. Father, we give you praise and thanks this morning, and we know that you're building us this morning, oh God. We honor you, we praise you, we thank you, and we submit the rest of this service to you, Father, and to the leading of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Have a seat, guys. Wonderful people, precious people of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, guys, I am a very simple person, right? Very, very simple person. And I've shared my testimony while I was in, you know, the workspace like everybody else. And I was a, a Christian sitting in the pews, right? trying to decipher, trying to understand all that was being spoken. Like we all are at that point. At, at some point in our Christian walk, we're there trying to glean, trying to make sense of what's being said, right? Trying to, when, it, when the scripture said, the just shall walk by faith, walk by faith, you know? Coming to Jesus Christ and understanding that he said that my kingdom is not of this world. And now you're... 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. And we all have a mindset, we all have a, a thinking pattern, a way of operation that conflicts with his kingdom, right? And therefore, as we come, there is a like a struggle, right? Trying to understand how to operate in this kingdom. We're taking the word of God as it's been spoken to us and trying to make those adjustments to come into um, complete understanding. And that's where the, the challenge is. As we know, you know, have to contend with not living by sight, but trusting God. And there I was, just like everyone else, right? But, you know, I really wanted to learn. I really wanted to understand. I don't like to be a part of something that I don't understand. And, uh, and I really want to, if there is something to be done, Honestly, quite frankly, guys, I really want to do it also, right? If there's something to, to be accomplished, I, I need to get in the um, space where I'm actually seeing the results of what I'm doing. So kinda, that's kind of like how I was in the pews. Until, you know, God began to speak, speak to us, speak, speak to myself and Pastor Kim. And from the very beginning, the God, the Lord told us the type of ministry that he was calling us to. I'm not saying that this ministry is in regards to us. I'm just kind of giving you guys an understanding, a reflection of how it got initiated, right? So, you know, and we spoke about how the Lord told us to move down here in London and to start this ministry and so forth like that. And, you know, quite frankly, it's very, from the very beginning, the Lord had used very, very straightforward words. Like there was, we, we, we know what to focus on and we know what we're trying to accomplish. Like it's, it's five-year-old simple, quite frankly. Right? Come down here, be led by the Holy Spirit, but 
you know, wreak havoc, if you will. Wreak living havoc. Like, don't take on the persona, the personality, the pace, the understanding, the operational system that you've seen in most of the churches that you've been in. That, 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 because we were not seeing what I was reading here and what I was seeing manifesting in churches and to this day I still hold that position. I still hold that position. Why is it that we're not seeing more people? And you know, quite frankly, why do we do it? Yes, we have a heart and a love for God. But, feed my sheep. I just feel a, a burden to go on the street and, we, and reach the lost. That's it. It's very simple. I just feel, I, you know, when I see people in pain, it, it really hurt me and pain me when I see people in pain. Physically, physical pain, and much less to think that people will be lost eternally. That, you know, if I have any time, and if I have a mouth that can speak words, and if God can grace me accordingly, and I can do something about that, by the grace of God, then I'm going to take my time on the earth and, and, and do that. That's it. No agenda. And every, no matter what you guys see us do, you know, it can be translated. Or we speak, or we act, or I act. It can be translated into many different things. But at the cost of why we do what we do is to really see people get saved, get healed. That's it. We have no other agenda. And that's what the Lord had called us for to do from the very beginning. And what we're doing is like, it's, it's very simple. We just focus on this and then we are aggressive on the exterior. We are aggressive in evangelizing. We are aggressive in being, um, learning and teaching and asking God for, to transform us and to change us and renew us and all of those type of things because we know if we come into those positions that we're going to see more impact. The simplicity of why we're here this morning. You know, no agenda to be a, a popular preacher. No agenda to be famous. We just want to see people get saved. That's it. I hope I can communicate that to you guys. That we want to see people come into the kingdom. We want to see the revelation of Jesus Christ. And numerically, I always do the numbers. I say, they say we have about two plus billion Christians on the planet. Right? No, seven point, little over seven plus billion population wise and two plus billion Christians. And we have about 150,000 people that die daily. And do the math and think about how many people are going to hell. That, that, that's a lot, right? And that there is God's perspective when it comes on to how he views the whole world. But in the context of how he calls us, it's just a little city in London here, right? But the, the whole world is made up of little cities like London. Some of them are a little bit bigger, right? And he's called us as a body here, a part of his body here, to do our part in this, the whole scheme of things. And that's what we're focused on. And that's what we're trying to really communicate to others. That's it. That we're called into this to reach the lost. And secondly, the work that God has to do in us that we might be changed and transformed into his likeness and his image 
right? That we might see more of his grace on us, more of his power on us. To do what? To, 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 to show forth to those that are lost that God is real. They will literally see his power flowing through us. When, when that has hit your heart, you stop focusing so much on this, on yourself as an individual. That, that's not the focus. And you know, if you played sports, that's kind of how I was in, in sports. You know? I keep my eye on the ball. And I'm never going to this, lose this perspective. It's very simple. I keep my eye on the ball. We're not going to get distracted. And you know, I'm all for, you know, the help and all of the investments that we all have to make for growth, for transformation, to get to that place. That's our heart this morning, guys. I hope you know. That's it. We just want to see people get saved. That's it. The other churches that I've been in, they were not desperate for this. And I wondered why they were not desperate to see people come into the kingdom. The reality of heaven and hell was just a myth that was captured in the intellect. There was no desperation to see the lost get saved. And, you know, there, if I'm a pastor, and I would say you guys also, if you're a pastor or a prophet or a teacher, and the gift of God on you is not expanding the kingdom in that context that the lost would come to Christ, your, your gifting is like useless. It has to be geared towards advancing the kingdom of heaven in some format. Whether you're, whether you're um, doing it in preparing a congregation, obviously, many of the five-fold ministry, that's what they do, pre preparation, preparing the congregation to go and reach the lost. This ministry is going to focus on that. Even, and let me tell you, guys, the Lord told us, he said, do not despise small beginnings. That's what he told me when I, when I came in this church and I came through this door. I didn't consider the church small. I had no agenda. I was just like, we need a building, Lord. Where is the building? And I came to the church and the Lord said, the Holy Spirit spoke audibly inside of me and said, do not despise small beginnings. And you have my blessings. That's what I heard. We have not been here too long. And the idea is, you know, this same vision and the same spirit that is on this vision that God has given us as we are now in the city of London is to, by the grace of God, the people that he has called to come into this revelation, this understanding that we might cooperate together, work together, right? And then go and accomplish what he has called us to accomplish. And the work that he's doing in you guys and the work that he's doing in me the work of growth spiritual growth transformation right is necessary so this pause here i mean god could have brought tons of people in here already he could have but he has not as yet and he will the only thing is us being prepared to steward the increase because the word that he gave us which is one of the reasons why I'm so, huh, why I'm so, um, and by the way, guys, I know some people think I do that but on purpose. And I also think you're mad and crazy and dumb. Because I don't know how somebody on planet Earth could do that and think it's cool in this day and age, 2022. So let me tell you that. 
because I'm, I'll, I, I'm, I like to fight back, quite frankly. I don't sit and take it. I, I, people have told me that um, even their family members say that. Yeah. Let me tell you, guys, I hope you know, quite frankly, I'm kind of like a, I don't initiate conflict, but I ain't backing down from none. Because in this day and age, to do what we're called to do, you have to have a, you have to have a strength and attitude on you. I know some of you are already tense. Don't get tense, Diane. Relax. Breathe. The fear of God is supposed to kill every other fear. Breathe. This is it, guys. I might as well be honest. We might as well be honest. We have a work to do. It's going to take a stomach to do this work too. Hello. It's going to take a real stomach. You're going to have to get, deal with the issue of being punched in the face and get up and go again. Hello. Get comfortable with doing that also, in a spiritual sense. It might happen for real, but so what? The apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, they never escaped unscathed. Read the Bible. And on that front, that is the word that the Lord gave me to deal with this morning. So listen, we're all about this vision that God has given us, very crystal clear. We are pitching it constantly that the understanding might come to those that the Lord has called to partner with us. Right? And the Lord did not call everybody to partner. This is just one church of a gazillion church that is global. This is just a drop in the bucket. Amen? But if God told you that he had something for you to do, wouldn't you consider it important? And wouldn't you throw all of your heart inside of it? And that's all we're doing. Yeah, so we do this 24-7 with great expectation for God to bring to pass all of what he has spoken to us. And I have a clear conscience before God in regards to what he has um, asked me to do. I have a very clear conscience toward before the Lord. And I also get feedback from the Lord in regards to my walk. I'm not just, you know, running down the road. Because the Lord did give us those relationships. And even elders that could speak over our lives. Because you need... There is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. So if we ever get got off track, because it's quite possible also that the pastor could also get off track. He has to be kept in line also, right? So I'm not saying I'm throwing all of this out there and that we are not held to um, high standards. We're held to even higher standards. We have to be corrected and so forth. But I do have clear conscience in regards to what we're preaching, what we're teaching, and all of those type of things. Before God, I can stand right here and I would put my life on the line. I say, Lord, be judge between me and anybody here. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying that I have a clear conscience concerning what God has asked me to do. And that, for that, I will put my life on the line. I'm telling you that. I'm that man. For that, 
I will say, let the fire of God come and consume me if I'm not walking with a pure conscience. I will, let, I will do that. And I will, I will invite any man to come here also. And we can judge between the two. And let the fire of God fall on that one. That's how, you know, to the best of my knowledge, and I don't have all of the knowledge. To the best of my judgment, and I don't have all of the judgment. To the best of my common sense, and I don't have all of it. And wisdom that God has given me. That's how I walk with the Lord. And I'm constantly checking. So as I stand before you today, I feel, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say confident, you know. But I feel good. I feel good with what God has called me to do. And how I've, we have carried it out so far. Amen. Anyway, the word that the Lord put on my heart this morning, guys. You know, it's not really wild as yet. You know, you should see me when I'm down here by myself. That's when it's wild. Ha! When I'm running around this church here like a wild man. This morning, we want to talk about the paralyzing effects of fear. The paralyzing effects of fear. But don't name it that, um, Tayshaun. Because by the time we get uh, to the end of the message, fear is not going to be in the picture. So we are going to name it, I will fear no more. Amen? Because that's the thing with God. When you come into his presence and you're having an issue, Solutions are there. Amen? The paralyzing effects of fear. You know, one of the foundational things that we laid out in the beginning, in the book of Hebrews, was faith towards God, right? And we know we can have faith in different things. But we laid out that one of the bricks that formed the foundation of our faith is faith towards God. many times that brick is falling out of many people's spiritual building for whatever reason the concrete that they used to put it in there is not keeping it sustained and because of that we're falling into fear I have a meaning of fear here emotional foreboding or dread of impending distress or misfortune and this can be because the fear perceived is real or unreal. And the mind don't really take into account whether it's real or unreal. I'm, from a more biblical perspective, I looked at the strong concordance meaning. And it says, cowardice, timidity, fear caused by lack, lack of moral strength. Timidity. That means... In this kingdom here, in the kingdom of Jesus Christ, there is no place for it. And the first scripture we want to look at is 2 Timothy 1 verses 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Number one, a revelation there is that fear is a spirit fear is a living organism hello when we say spirit what do we mean a living thing that exists 
that can attach itself to a human being and make that person fearful. Fear is a spirit. And God, in his wisdom, knew that throughout the hundreds of years and thousands of years before the return of Jesus Christ, there were people that were going to be sitting in the pews that are going to be fearful. And he dealt with it. So he gave us the understanding that whenever you begin to feel fear, a demon, let me open it up for you now, a fallen angel, a wicked spirit is hovering around you or maybe on the inside. Whenever you begin to feel fear, it's not of God. Now let's go on a little bit more and see the solution that God has given us in regards to this thing called fear, this spirit called fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. It, God gave us three different things to deal with this, this thing called fear. Hello. Three different things. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if you're fearful this morning, like old people are so, it's very evident, even when the COVID initiated, that we, the body of Christ, was not prepared for it, right? Would you say? Let me tell you something. I can speak from experience because I spoke to a lot of people that are believers that were like shaking in their boots. Yep. They were not walking in this understanding, in this revelation. And they were timid and fearful. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Okay. Power. The strong concordance meaning. The ability to do things. The ability to do things. Mighty deed. Hello, listen. Supernatural power. God has given unto us power. One of the components to neutralize fear. And then love. Go to Hebrews 1. And think about, meditate on this. And think about God's love as we read the scripture. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke, spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Now think about, he has spoken to us by his son. Now when you want to understand the love of the father, all you got to do is look at what? The expressions of Christ, right? What did he bring to us? Number one, salvation, healing, blessings, all of those wonderful things that Jesus Christ released into this dimension and he's still releasing on us those were expressions of love of the father so you have the revelation of the love of god coming to you through christ jesus amen and we can take comfort that that is truth and uh, thirdly is sound mind sound mind self-control sound judgment 
strong, strong concordance, self-control, even when information is coming your way, the ability to take the information, right, and think about it and process it, and then the ability to go into the Word of God and see what God is saying about that topic. topic. What will that do to you now? When you know that God has a solution. So fear is not supposed to be there. And it's not that God is saying, don't fear, and then you don't have any understanding about fear. He's giving us the understanding. Sound mind. Let's go to uh, the book of Luke. Luke 10, 19. Luke 10 and verses 19. Behold, I give you <clears throat> the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And the Bible also says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. And we have that spiritual position of authority and power. Which is when we, uh, whether someone is being healed or someone is being delivered. Or whether you're even calling on God in your house, in prayer. In regards to the issue that is actually happening there. And God is dispensing the angels, dispensing that power. The Holy Spirit is moving on your behalf to bring change to that situation behold I give unto you power are we walking in the revelation that we see what I'm talking about now when I talk about not seeing the power component in the church if I do a census right now and ask most people when they saw a church on fire they would, they, they would literally send me online and tell me about some other ministry that is in some other country. As if, you know, we are aliens. We are not a, part, not a part of the family of God. Right? You see why we have to assert ourselves right here in London? Why we have to assert ourselves right here in, in, um, in Canada? And that's why I'm telling the young people that has been, um, you know, just looking for somebody else to, to do. I'm, I'm, I'm saying to them, nobody ain't coming. Tony and nobody ain't coming. Anita, nobody ain't coming. Sharon, nobody ain't coming. Huh! O'Shea, nobody ain't coming. Bibi, nobody ain't coming. Michelle, nobody ain't coming. Victoria, nobody ain't coming. O'Shea, nobody ain't coming. It's you. I'm telling you that. Wake up and understand that the calling is for you guys. Where am I? Let's go to 2 Peter. What we're, what we're, what I am actually claiming, and let me tell you, history. Two couple of things, guys. If I, I will be exposed, the honesty of God. One thing is for sure, and I will guarantee you, if I came here and said and spoke all of these things, okay, 
and time does not God does not vindicate me in time I owe you all an apology right and I'm, I'm let me tell you something if I came here and said that God was gonna do all of these things and then time never vindicated us right well it's one thing if you guys are not gathering the lessons and not allowing God to do what he wants to do then that can dictate right but time will vindicate me and I will apologize to every individual here that I've ever said spoken this vision to yeah I, I will humble myself and I will say you know this was not of the Lord just so we go back on the balance but in the meantime I have absolute confidence in that Amen. A different kind of message this morning, guys. Huh! Second Peter one and verses uh, three. It says, "As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue." So, as His divine power has given us all things for life and godliness, all things to, to survive and thrive in the material world, and for godliness, to walk in a way that is pleasing to God, to walk in obedience, everything that is actually needed is provided by God, that we might walk accordingly. That means we have no excuse. That is the power component. That now, when we talk about being in this world but not being a part of the world, when, we, when we, we talk about, even for example, look at COVID, some people are losing their jobs because they wanted to, them to compromise and, you know, put something in their body that they were not convinced was by God. Then you see at that point now, God has given you all things. He has given unto us power. What would you do? What is your decision in that moment now? You, you see, and if you, if you did take the COVID, no big deal. But another one is going to come. This is in preparation for that one also. That you will know that God has given you all things for life and godliness. And that no man should push you, whether it be governments, to do anything out of conscience or anything that disregard the word of God. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power. We're dealing with the aspect of it having to do with power. That's why we say walk in the spirit. This is why we say pray always. Because when you're at that place, you can command, you can speak, or you can believe for the power component of, of God. But when you're in a church space, and the church is not on fire, guys, the church is not on fire. There's no faith factor. People are not emboldened. People are not confident about their position in God. And then something attacks the world, then we're no different than the people that are out there. Right? And for that matter, we are supposed to be laboring now as we are before the presence of God. Not only in church, but your altar at home should be on fire. That's what we talk about, full surrender to God. Because we know different things will come. One and two. Just like how you are um, preparing your, your children academically and spirit, you might as well prepare them spiritually for what's to come. If it, doesn't, if it don't come in your lifetime, then do you want your, your child not to understand it? things of God that he might depend on him and her might depend on God right 
the godly legacy that we must hand down. Or else, the next time something in the similitude of COVID or anything happens and somebody die, it could be us or it could be our kids. It's how important it is when we make an investment in God at eternal perspective. So God has dealt with the power component of the issue and we must receive, believe that and receive it. Amen. And then the next one is the love aspect of it, which we just dealt with a little. The love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But Jesus didn't only bring us salvation. He brought us so many other blessings. Think about physical healing, which is a big one. Think about the promise of even ministering spirits. The Bible talks about the angels that are there on our behalf to bring the supernatural component into our lives. The love aspect of it. First John 4. And verses 18. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. It says, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So we have to open up our hearts to receive this love. The love of the Father in Christ Jesus. You have to. It's been dispensed now. Which is why I use the word, the paralyzing effects of fear. But I said the name will be, I will fear no more. Because the love of God is, ministering, is being ministered to us right now. As we... Isn't the word of God living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword? So how are you not receiving now? Those that are online, as you hear the word, you are receiving now. You're being delivered. I hope you know, in a sense, sometimes we see deliverances that are more, you know, violent. But even from mental spirits, spirits, demonic elements and spirits that work, operate in the area of the mind. As you sit there, they're fleeing your mind now. Why? The knowledge of God. They constrict your mind and cause you to think a certain way that resists the revelation of the love of God and receiving that love. We're receiving that love. In, we're receiving that love and we're receiving that love in a perfect way because what kind of love perfect love casteth out all fear amen we give up we give the lord praise we're expounding on the kingdom of heaven that jesus christ spoke about my kingdom is not of this world Meaning, the doctrine consistent with that kingdom conflicts with the wisdom of this world. And if you profess Jesus Christ, you cannot understand this. 
without professing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Spirit of God has to reveal this to your heart. Or else, what we're talking now is just going to hit the mind. Like we meet people on the street. They can't understand our wisdom. Obi, we speak wisdom in a mystery. But not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that comes to naught. The scripture says. Let's go to Psalms 27. verses uh, 1 it says the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is my light and my let's listen guys don't become really good at quoting scriptures okay don't be a individual that quotes scriptures verbatim memorize them quote them let them be revealed to you that you might receive that blessing in your life and then you would not walk in fear even as we talk about what the Lord is going to be doing through us ministerially in this ministry if we're a bunch of fearful people do you think it's gonna happen really guys you think you're gonna come down here a city that Satan has been sitting pat on like this but generations the devil has been sitting like this in a major way okay and sending thousands of its inhabitants to hell fact would you guys not agree with me that most of the folks down here are not saved right if you've been on the street and we have been the concept of God is foreign meaning that most people I'm blunt most people that die from this city of London, leave for Toronto for a while. That's a big number. But right down in here, most people that die here, fact, they go to hell. Right before our eyes. They're dropping down there by the thousands. Up to last night, after, no, actually last night I went home, the night before. I was going home. I was on the street evangelizing in the stores. And I met so many young people that are going to the, the college that you guys go to. And when I'm talking to them about God, telling them, oh, I heard the voice of God. And I hear the voice of God. They don't identify with it. I hope you know that this is, what, this is the reason why we are actually gathered here today. That we might get over the fear factor. That we might go on. Even the fear of saying hello outside and preaching the message hinders us. Would you guys not say? So we have to deal with this issue of, fe of fear. We have to eradicate it. We, are, we have it all made up in our minds. That when we go outside. And say hello to people. Or talk to them about God. That they don't want to receive that. And yet still God has commanded us to do it. The fear aspect of it has to be dealt with. Not only from fear of potential things like COVID, right? Or 
other issues, losing your job. No. The fear that prevents us from stepping into our calling. The fear that prevents us from reaching the lost. Sometimes we're even afraid to pray. When, when, you, when you begin to assert yourself spiritually like me, people are going to think things that you hope you know. The minute you step up and begin to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you foul spirit. Oh! Hello. I hope you know. There will be people right around the pews who will say, why? They will find fault with that. Because you're asserting yourself in God. Meanwhile, if you, listen, that, I'm not saying that you have to shout. That's just me. I, I, I don't know how to do it any different. It's just me, my persona, right? I've seen women that, are, women that are like, you know, this tall, say, in the name of Jesus Christ, come on. And I see that spirit, leave. Hello? And me, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. It's me. I don't know how to do it any different. It's a personality, personality that God gave me. Don't hate me because God gave me a personality that's different from yours. Just use yours and do what you, use yours and do what you ought to do. Ah! The fear of speaking, the fear of preaching, guys. I hope you know the spirit of God is inside of some of us praying now. Ah! In a spirit with a spirit, a hammer in the spirit, ah! cracking and smashing things now freedom in Jesus mighty name oh, freedom right Sharon Sharon was telling us that she had a spirit of fear I hope you don't mind huh I hope she, she I hope you and I'm like Sharon you know it's not right you can't be around us I hope you know she thinks everything is fine and I'm like Sharon no no it's not right you can't be around us I have a spirit of fear it has to die You can't come here, hear the word of God every week and go back with that fear on you. Let, let me stop preaching and let the Lord call somebody else who will, you know, who will do it. But no. I also had a spirit of fear. I hope you know I had a spirit of fear. My dad, my, let me share my, my, my testimony, guys. My dad died when I was 17 years old. Okay? And I went to live with my mom. And she lived in a, a house in Kingston, Jamaica. And they leave me at nights and they, and they go. And I'm a, why do you think I'm so bold now? I'm a 17-year-old chicken. No kidding. I'm a 17-year-old chicken. Hello? And, I, and I, I can't stay up until 8 o'clock. I sleep as night comes. And in this house, I'm all by myself. And every night, I don't even know that demons exist in that, in a, experiential sense. I know them from the Bible, but I don't have any encounter with them. And they're holding me down in the night. Holding me down. And I'm fighting and I'm fighting. I start sleeping with the TV on. And guess what? In Jamaica, back then, the TV signed off like 12 o'clock. So I wake up and the place is dark. Oh, and I can't move. And this thing happened for a very long time. Even into my marriage, this thing happened. It, I got used to it. I was like, well, they're not doing me anything. So I just wait until it, I, I keep doing my hand like this, kicking my hand. If my hand gets tired, I kick my feet until one of them move, and then I jump over my belly, belly and go back to bed. No kidding. Until 
I begin to have a little bit of keenness about spiritual things. I begin to tune in and I go. And one time this happened to me. When it happens, I cannot speak. And I thought, I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, you have to go. And I saw a monster, a massive, big monster got up off of me and did this off of the bed. And the first thing I thought, should I chase him down and clobber him? Dumb as a bat, spiritually speaking. I still don't know much. I'm just making another noise so people can come into the kingdom. That's all I'm into. Yeah. Fear had me like that. So from that day, I go, I have so much power. Ha! I go, my God Almighty, did, I didn't hook my mouth. Can you imagine if I hook my mouth? And you know, like, oh, I like to kick my foot. Can you imagine if I kick my feet? What are they going to do now? So you see, I'm asserting myself now because of that. No more spirit of fear coming back here. No, uh-uh. Not this house. Amen? And that, that's why now when I go on the street, guys, I can preach the word of God. I can speak to anybody. Anybody. If I meet Justin Trudeau in a elevator tomorrow, I preach Jesus Christ to him. And if I meet Joe Biden tomorrow in a, on the street, I preach Jesus Christ to him. And if I meet the Pope tomorrow, I preach Jesus Christ to him. Period. Because they don't know God. God cannot create man and put us on the earth here. The likeness and image of Christ we are in. And look how the devil is exalting himself through all of Hollywood. Are you mad at that? Look at them on the TV screens. If you, are, if you aren't upset at those things, you're not spiritually upset. It's your soul. We need to plug out of the soul and plug into spirit and be upset at the, the right things. We have one quick opportunity, guys, in our generation to save some souls, like Reinhard Bonnke did. We need to keep make that our focus. Amen? Where are we now? The last one. The sound mind component. Let's go to the book of Romans. Romans 12 and verses 2. Actually, let's start from verses 1. Because some of us still ain't putting the body under. We somehow think we're going to carry the power of God in the flesh. And the body has to be a part of that. It has to be placed under. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Present your body a living sacrifice. We have dealt with that in other teachings. And do not be conformed to this world. See this here now? And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The renewed mind is the mind that proves what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The third component to neutralize fear is to permit the mind that was in Christ Jesus also to be in you. Now think about Jesus Christ being fearful. Imagine. Even going to the cross, there was no mention of fear 
when the Lord was going to the cross. I mean, COVID is not even next door. It's on the TV screen. And we are already fearful. Yeah? And Jesus is going to go to the cross, and the Bible don't mention anything about fear. What a reset we need. How do we get now his mind? That we might not fear. We are all called into the kingdom, guys. We are all called into the kingdom. We are all called to bear fruits. It's not somebody else, which is the common thought these days, that somebody else is going to do that. No. It's us. So who is going to today, from this day forward, you're, you will resolve not to fear. And if, the, if it comes back to you, then you know you got to go back to the Word of God and see what the Lord has spoken about this thing called fear. Power, love, and a sound mind. Receive the love of God this morning and understand that His power is available to you. And let the Spirit of God, as you Surrender your will. Let the Holy Spirit renew your mind. Let him break off everything in your mind that conflicts with the mind of Christ. God has given to us everything for life and godliness. Except that we are, or we are not receiving it. We Christians are not good at receiving we're still fighting for all that the Lord accomplished on the cross. We're fighting. We're not entering into the rest of his blessings. They have conditioned our minds, like I was saying last week, to worry about everything, even the things that are 20, 30 years ahead of us. Worried about the quality of the meals that we'll eat when we get to 70 years old. Because, what they call it over here, the pension plan, only can buy you this, this, and this. So I have to let me, we are paranoid. I hope you know those are spirits that are on your politicians. Spirits that are on our, the minds of the politicians. And they are pinning things into place that we will read later on and when you once you read what they have written it codes a conduct of operation in your mind and you give yourself to it and you have no use to God anymore and we don't operate in any freedom and liberty of the spirit so don't be upset when you see me kick and scream this is me breaking the cobwebs that you're putting over me. Ah! I don't want to be confined. I'm a created being with God in me.
Why would I worry about what I'm going to eat? Not even tomorrow. Much less, much less 20 years from now. I'm not saying to get rid of common sense either. Because some people might say, okay. No. It's the, the excessive focus that is on that. That restricts us from even having the freedom to serve our God. Fear, bondage, right? Bondage. Children of Israel were in that place. Let's learn from them as God ushered them out of bondage. And let's not go there. Go back. Because if you're constricted here, any man that owns here, He's the one that directs everything that you do. I hope you know, in, right here in the city um, of London, in this country of Canada, people have no idea what it is to choose. When, I mean, they're worse than people that were actually in, sla in slavery. Because people, typical, in a typical sense, people who were in slavery never had no choice because they, were, they had all kind of high-powered weapons and, and things to keep them unchecked. But we volunteer for slavery. We volunteer for it. They found a better way to bring slavery on people than putting straps over their backs. Take their minds and you own them. And that's how the devil designed it. Very sophisticated. No rifles are necessary anymore or whips. Just educate them intellectually on how to operate. And they buy into it. And the church of Jesus Christ will not do well. So we need to liberate ourselves. Amen? That's the word that the Lord has placed on my heart. And I prayed with um, a, a folks here recently in regards to this. Let this be your freedom this morning. Let it be your freedom. Don't be the slave of another man. Voluntarily. Thank you, Lord. Father, I give you praise and thanks this morning for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, we praise and thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the individuals that your word is touching their minds, even now by your spirit, oh God. And you're setting them free. You're neutralizing the spirit of fear. You're expelling the spirit of fear out of your people. Ha! Yes, that they might come up to Mo Mount Horeb to worship you, to praise you, O oh God. Ha! That we might operate in the liberty of the spirit, for you are God. Oh, thank you, Lord, that in this ministry, O oh God, we will be a people that operate in this liberty, in this freedom. In, the, in your power, your love, and the mind of Christ that you will and you are cultivating in us even now. I thank you, Lord, that you're freeing your people. We thank you, we praise, and we honor you. Father, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, praise God.